and to inquire into his temple. Amen. We're going to pray. I want you to pray with me that God will speak his words, not mine. Father, we just thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke. Lord, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit to have liberty to touch, to deliver, to edify. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up our hands in worship. We lift up our hands in praise. Lord, we ask you right now to anoint my lips, O God. Anoint the hearers. Prepare the soil. Let it be good ground. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Hallelujah. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We love you. Hallelujah. We lift up your name. We give you the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Hallelujah. And we bless your holy name in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say one thing. Turn to your other neighbor and say the same thing. One thing. Hallelujah. You may be seated in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, in the secular world, successful people have a singular focus. You look at all of your famous and rich and mighty and powerful, the way they got there is they had a singular focus. Their goal in their life was well-defined. It came down to maybe just one or two things that they decided they were going to focus on and go after. And they went after whatever it was with a passion, with zealousness, with a zeal. Think of Bill Gates and immediately what comes to your mind is Microsoft. He started that in the early 80s and he went after being a computing giant with zeal, with a passion, with focus. He quit college, in fact, to do it. He decided he was so determined to make a success of his one goal, his one desire, that with some friends he started Microsoft. And he never deviated, and today he's obviously one of the richest people in the world. When you think of, like, another name, Warren Buffett, number five on the world of the list, richest people. And he started in the early 60s with investment. And today, again, he's worth hundreds of billions of dollars. He had one focus, one goal in stocks and in investment. Then you think of Henry Ford. And his goal was to to mass produce cars so that people, ordinary people, he said he wanted everybody who worked at his factory to be able to afford one. He had one goal, to find a way to mass produce vehicles. That was his focus. And the people who you see are successful in this world's kingdom are people who have a single focus. They have one goal and they go after it with passion. They never deviate. They just keep aiming for that one thing. But what about in the spiritual world? What about in the spiritual arena? What is the one thing that you have in your heart right now? David in scripture who wrote Psalms 27 had spiritual success and you know how he did it? He had one thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord. I'm asking you today, is there one thing that you desire? Is there something that you want more than anything else? Is there something that you're going after with all your heart, your mind, your soul? Or are there 20 things that you're just trying a little bit here, trying a little bit here? Are you like a little child that this week it's this shiny object I want, next week it's something else I want, the week after that it's a third different thing? 
then you wonder why you got nothing. Well, you say, well, I'm here in church. Of course I love God. But do we live it? My challenge is today to you is what is your main focus? Why are you here? Why are you even here? Do you have one thing that you desire with all your passion, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Or are there 20 things that you're looking after? You want God to do this. You want God to do that. You want God to do this. Next week it'll be something else. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Why did you come to church today? What is your goal? What is your purpose in life? Is it just to try and, as they say, achieve the American dream? You know, a house, a car, two children, and some cars and land. Is that, is that your desire? Is that your goal? Is that what you're seeking after? What is the one thing that is greatest to you? What's your most passionate desire? Can you think about that for a minute? What do you ask God for day and night, night and day? What is uppermost in your thinking? David's one thing was not, you know, he could have asked God for all kinds of things. He could have said, God, never let me lose a war. I want you to help me defeat all my enemies. I want you to make me rich. I want you to make me the greatest king out. But look what he says in Psalms 27. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in his house. Can you say that today? He was eaten up so much with that desire. This was not a game. This was not just poetry David was writing. Because in Psalm 69, verse 9, he explains it. He explains it. Psalm 69, verse 9 says, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. That's how much he was positive. The one thing David want more than anything was to dwell in the house of the Lord. He could have asked for anything. He could have asked to continue being successful, to being the, Israel's greatest king. But he was focused on just one thing. I'm asking you today, seriously, seriously, think, what is the one thing you want from God? What is in your uppermost in your mind? Has it, is it different from what you asked last week? Is it going to be different next week? Have you zoned in on one thing that you can keep on asking God for and be determined and passionate about? Because when you look in the world, that's how they're successful. Microsoft owner there, he quit college to start Microsoft. He was so determined. Nothing was going to get in his way. He was going to do this one thing. Turn to your neighbor and say one thing. David said, for the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. You know why he was so zealous? Hundreds of years now, they had come into Canaan. And guess where the house of the Lord was? In a tent. For hundreds of years, they had built houses for themselves, but there was no permanent dwelling place for the house of God. David got passionate about this. He determined that this was going to be his goal, his lifelong goal now that he was king. He wanted to see the house of the Lord built. He was wanting to be there day and night. One of the greatest acts of worship was when David's child died and, and he had been fasting and praying and weeping and his child died. And what did the scripture said? He got up. Where did he go? House of the Lord. This was no kidding. This was no made up thing. This was no pretend uh, testimony. He was eaten up with the zeal for the house of the Lord. For the zeal of thine house hath opened eating me up. David was serious. But every week we come with a different one thing. This week it'll be something else. I need some new tires, Lord. 
Yeah, that's that. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with asking God for stuff. Make sure, though, that that's not your one thing. Because tires will go and tires will come. You need something that is your north star that you're going to be passionate about. That you really want God to do all your life. What are you serious about today? I'm asking you. What is eating you up? What is your goal in life? Why did you think God brought you here? It's because we lack a single focus that we don't get stuff done because we start something, then we change. We start something else, and then we change. As I said, this week it's something, next week it's something else. But David knew how to get action from God. He focused, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Every single person, you look at it in the New Testament who got a miracle, it's because they asked for one thing. The centurion's one thing was, Lord, heal my servant. That's all I'm asking you. Don't make me a general. Don't promote me. Lord, the one thing I want you to do is to heal my servant. This is Hierophanician woman. The one thing I want you to do is heal my daughter. We come to God with our basket. Well, Lord, I need this and this. Now, I'm not saying you're not to do that, but you need one thing that you're focused on. The blind man cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Now, it seems really kind of strange, you know, that Jesus came and asked him, what do you want? (laughs) It seems obvious what his one thing would be. But sometimes God wants you to say it. God wants you to speak it out. God wants you to focus on it. God wants you to declare it. In Mark chapter 10, verse 51 And Jesus answered and said unto him, what will thou that I should do? You know, everyone else could see like, why is he asking that? Can't he see the man is blind? God wants you to state your one thing. God wants you to declare the one thing that you are eaten up with, that you're passionate about, that you want God to change your life with. He could see he was blind. Well, no, I just want some new shoes, Jesus. No, that wasn't his one thing. Maybe he did need new shoes. Maybe he needed new clothes. Maybe he needed all kinds of stuff. But he came with his one thing. You look in the New Testament, how many people ask God for three or four things? They ask for one thing. One thing is what I have desired of the Lord. He had one, he wanted to hear his desire. He wanted to hear him make a statement of faith. Because in declaring that, that I might see, he was putting faith in Christ. What things have you declared? What one thing you want God to do for you? Where have you put your faith? Have you opened your mouth and said, Lord, one thing have I desired of you? We need to cry out with that one thing kind of voice. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. God is asking us, listen, what is it you really want? Because you keep changing your mind. This week you want that person. Next week you want this person. This week you want this job. Next week you want that job. See, we need to be focused. We need to be like David. His whole life, once he became king, he only had one thing in mind. He wanted to build the house of the Lord. He wanted to dwell there. When he couldn't do that, he said, well, then, okay, I can't do that, but I can prepare for it. I'm going to prepare my son for it. And he gathered all the materials. He was so focused. He's one. No wonder God called him a man after his own heart. What, what is the thing you're focused on? Is it, is it your job? 
Is that what you're thinking about right now? Is it your relationship? What is the one thing that's eating you up? See, in the desert, where there was the 5,000, the one thing that they needed was food. You know, hunger will focus your mind. When you're hungry, there's only one thing you can think about. Maybe some of you are thinking about that now. Why won't he hurry up? (laughs) See, you're focused on one thing. Sometimes to get our attention, God will make us focus on one thing. God is asking, what is it you want? You've been crying out, Jesus, thou son of David. Now I'm stopped. You got my attention. What is the one thing you want? What are you going to ask me? I'll I'll show you how Jesus rewards singleness of mind. In Luke chapter 5, 18, Jesus was teaching. There was a huge crowd and there there was a man who was lame, could not walk. And his friends were so determined to get a result that day. You know what they did? They climbed up on the roof. Luke 5, 18, and behold, men brought, a be, a me, brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought a means. They were looking for a way to get to Jesus. And when they could not find a way, they went home. I give up. No, they were determined. They had a singleness of mind, singleness of focus. They were not going to give up. They quit whatever they're doing. They took a day off from school. They took a day off from their work because they loved their friend and they heard about this man, Jesus, who can reward those that diligently, diligently, not sloppily, but diligently seek him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude... They went up on the housetop. They were some creative people. Most of us would have said, well, we tried. (laughs) We tried. We can't get through. We did our best for you, bro, but it's too much. Look what they did. They climbed on somebody else's roof and took it apart. That's how determined they were. We're not going to leave here. We quit our jobs today to get a deliverance. We're not going to leave church today unless we determine one thing. One thing. What is your one thing? What thing are you passionate that you want God to do? If you don't have one thing, you're in trouble. God responds to passion. Those that seek me diligently. Verse 20 is the payoff. And when he saw their faith. Man, these people are determined. They have, they're coming here for one thing. One thing. One thing. When he saw their faith, he said, man... Thy sins are forgiven thee. Now, that's not what he thought he'd come there for. But you know, that was the greatest thing that was said. For Jesus, God in the flesh, to tell you personally, you are forgiven. Man, that's a great one thing to have. If that's your one thing, that's a great one thing to leave with. Even if you still have have a, 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 a gimpy leg, but you leave forgiven. But guess what happens? When you ask for the right one thing, you get the other things for free. He never came asking for that. But because of their faith, he said, thy sins are forgiven. See, their one thing was to get their friend. What is your one thing? Why did you come here today? Wasn't to see me, I'm sure. Wasn't to see me, I'm sure. But I hope you have one thing that is spiritual. 
I hope there's one desire that is not a, a weekly change of recipe that is there over and over. I told you my one, I need to be changed. My prayer all the time is, Lord, change me. Make me like you. Help me to get rid of this flesh stuff that I don't like about me. Change me. My one thing is to be like you, Lord. See, that kind of focus is always rewarded. See, in Proverbs 7.15, it says, Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. When you seek him diligently, you will find him. That blind man was determined. He was not going to let Jesus go. They said, shut up, you're making too much noise. What did he do? Cried out the more. (laughs) I don't care about you. I have one thing in mind. I have one thing in mind. I came here to get delivered. I came here to get touched. I came here to get healed. I came here to be lifted up. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You see, that's why we're not finding him. We got too many things going on. We don't have no one thing. He said, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not 80%, not 90%, all your heart. You want God to do things? Seek him with your whole heart. You know, at Christmas, you always see this bumper sticker, sticker, wise men still seek him. They had spent years, more than two years finding Jesus. They weren't going to give up. They had seen his star. They were not going to give up till they had seen the birth of the Messiah. Hebrews 16, 11, 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently. You can't come to him with 20, 30 things because you're not really focused on any one thing. Is there one thing you want today? Is there one thing that you can want next week, the same thing? Or is it just a little shiny object? This week I want this, Lord. See, he's not a toy store. (laughs) That's not what God is. He's not a toy store. See, he's a rewarder of them that seek him diligently. Problem is we have 20 things. And we're not even consistent with those. It's 20 different things. This week it's my job. This week it's this person. Lord, get him out of my life. Then we come to church, we pray about something else. See, even Jesus himself had one thing. Did you know that? Even God himself in the flesh, when he came, he said, I came for one purpose. Now, he did a lot of other things, but his purpose was one thing. John chapter 12, verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, this is the reason why I came. This is the reason for this cause, for this one thing I came. Yes, I did a lot of other things. But that really wasn't the reason I came. Yes, I came to demonstrate God's power, to show his grace, his mercy. But still, that wasn't the one thing I came for. The one thing I came for was to save you and me. That was his focus. That was his purpose. Yes, all the miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, the calming of the storm, the wine into, the water into wine, that was all great. 
But as he told, he told Mary, see, you're trying to get me to do stuff before my, my purpose is to save that which was lost. My purpose is to go to the cross. My purpose is to die for humanity. That's my one thing. And they were telling him, you don't have to do that. You know, they're going to do that. Just don't go to Jerusalem. In his humanity, he had to feel troubled. He says, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Shall I try and get out of this? No. Father, save me from the hour for this cause. Let's say this cause. See, even Jesus had a one thing that he was focused on. They tried to stop him all the time. He was determined to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because he came for one thing. Again, what one thing have you come here for today? For what cause? He came to save you and me and to die in our place. That was his one thing. It's not just good enough coming here and to just get up every morning just to exist. That shouldn't be your one thing. That's not living. That's really dying. Just to come to church, you need a purpose. You need to find out what your one thing is. What is God's thing for you? You may have one thing you want from God, but I'm telling you this, God has one thing at least for you. God has a purpose for your life. As I said in Sunday school, he didn't create two of you or three of you. You're not a dime a dozen. You're unique. You're special. God has a plan for your life. Do you know what God's one thing is for you? Do you just get up and put, put, get dressed and go to work and just do every day over and over and just drift? You need to get a focus. You see what happens in the world when people are focused. They achieve great things. Imagine what we could do if we were purposeful. If we were intentional. If we knew what God's calling on our life was. So let me tell you something. In Isaiah 43 verse 7, God tells us generally what he's done for us. Why he's brought us here. He says, even everyone that is called by my name. If you've been baptized in his name. If you've been filled with, your, with his spirit. Could you raise your hand for me? Come on now. Well, let me tell you what is one thing for you is even everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory. He created you for his glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made you were created to be God's glory, to be his centerpiece, to be the one thing that he looks down and said, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. You weren't just created to get up and go to work, get up and go to school. You weren't created to just drift through life. You need to get your purpose in God sorted out. You need to know what God has called you for. You need to get a passion. You need to get a zeal so that you can say like David, one thing have I desired of the Lord. See, David was promised that although he couldn't build the house of the Lord, he could help. That his son Solomon would get the opportunity. See, I think in everyone's life, God does come along and ask us, but are we listening? See, as soon as Solomon became king, God tested him. In Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, God said, you can ask me anything you want, but what will you ask me? You can ask anything you want. Boy, I can imagine some of us right now. I think last week the lotto was up to some billion or something. <laughs> Somebody knows. 
And met, right there we start thinking, okay, well, what we're going to do with this? We'll buy a yacht. We'll go on a world tour. We'll buy a mansion down in Florida. We'll buy a house. See, that's how our mind. We, David could have done that. He asked for the house of the Lord. Solomon had the opportunity. Second Chronicles 1.7. In that night did God appear unto Solomon and asked him a question. What shall I give thee? What one thing do you want, Solomon? What do you want, Solomon? Solomon made probably the best choice ever. Verse 9, 2 Chronicles 1, verse 9. Now, O Lord, let thy promise unto David my father be established. God had promised David, said, listen, because of your desire for the house of the Lord, you know what I'm going to do with your house? I'm going to establish your house. Solomon was quoting back and said, Lord, let the promise you made to my father be established. For that's made me king over a people like the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge. That was the one thing he asked for. Wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this people that is so great? Verse 11, and God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked for riches, wealth or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet has asked for long life, but has asked for wisdom and knowledge for thyself that thou mayest judge my people. He didn't even really ask it for himself. The reason he asked for it was so that he could become a good leader, so he could help others. Because of asking for the right one thing, God said, I'm going to give you everything else. This is the secret. When you ask for the right one thing, God will take care of the other 20 things that you couldn't even have asked for. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have ever had. I calculated once, I worked out how much gold he got. The Bible says he got 25 tons of gold a year. He reigned 40 years. They threw away silver. They didn't even wash them up. <laughs> they ate on gold plates. But that was not the point. You understand, he got the one thing right. You got to get the one thing you're asking from God right. If you ask him the right question, you will get the right answer. What's your desire? Is it for gold, wealth, power? What are you really asking for? Is it money? That can be lost. It's a relationship they can fail. If it's education, sometimes that can be worthless. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. You all know this story. When I got married, my parents were here, and they, they weren't able to come. And so they sent my brother, and they sent a present. And I was wanting them to send me some money. I'm getting married. I want money. So they sent my brother with a big family Bible. As my wedding present. Now let me confess. That wasn't making me happy. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. That was not the one thing I was expecting. But I've showed you the Bible. I still have the Bible after 46 years. And it says on the inside, this scripture, Matthew 6:31. Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or withal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles, the heathen, your no seek. But your heavenly father knoweth that he need all these things. You're not informing him. 
you're not, what kind of parent doesn't know their child needs new shoes? Is God worse than your parents? But here's the verse my mother highlights. She said, but seek ye first. Let's say it together. But seek ye first. One more time. Say it like you mean it. But seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, all the other things, all the other things will be added unto you. See, what I'm trying to tell you is you need to have one focus, one purpose. Can you say like David, the zeal of the Lord hath eaten me up? Can you say like David, one thing have I desired? You want God to focus on you, you need to focus on God. See, we, 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 we just go to God like it's a candy store. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, can I have two of these? We're not acting like grown-ups when it comes to God. See, next week you'll all have something different you want. What I'm trying to tell you is if you have the one thing and you ask the right one thing, all the other things come with it. That was, that was Solomon's secret. He asked for wisdom and knowledge, not even for himself, but God loved his answer. If we please God, if a man's ways please God, what does it say? He will do things for you that you didn't ask for. The Bible said we have received great, exceeding, precious promises, exceeding what we can even ask or think. But we have to ask the right question. God has a one thing for your life. God has a purpose for every single one in here. You need to ask him, Lord, what will thou have me do? Lord, be it according as you have said into my life. Speak into my life that one thing, Lord. Put me on a passionate course for you. Lift me up, Lord God, that I can be used for you. If you could stand with me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. See, anytime the church was successful, it's because they had one thing they were praying about. When Peter was in prison, the Bible said that they, they, they got together and didn't cease praying day and night. You know what they were praying for? One thing. Lord, deliver Peter out of prison. So the angel of the Lord had to show up. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were on one accord. They had been told to go wait. There was one thing they were waiting for. They didn't quite know what it was, but they had been told to wait. One thing. Just stay there till you be endued with power. What's your one thing today? You have any focus? You just drifting along? You just come to church and think that's the one thing? No, that's not the one thing. God has a lot more than that for you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded. That means single-minded, one focus. Having the same love. Being of one accord and of one mind. See, God says the fulfillment of the law is to love the Lord with your whole heart, soul, mind, and body. Now, that may be in the flesh impossible, but that should be our goal. Through the Holy Spirit, we should seek after that thing. Paul never gave up his one thing. He says, one thing have I, uh, have I sought for. I've, not that I have apprehended, but I press. I, he never gave up on his goal of pressing towards the mark. Imagine Paul saying, I'm still far from the mark. But after 30 years of being an apostle, of writing half the New Testament, still my goal, my one thing is that I press towards the mark of the high calling 
which is in Christ Jesus. Can we say that today? Are you pressing towards the mark of the high calling? Is there something you are desperate that you want God to do in your life? Because he has something that he wants to let you know. As I said, even Jesus just had one thing that he really came to do. All the other things were great. But for this cause came I into the world. What's your purpose? He said in Isaiah, I've created you for my glory. You may think me, little old me. Yes, you. God has created you for his glory. He wants to put his glory in you. Can you imagine that? Doesn't that blow your mind? I have created you for my glory. I've created those who are called by my name. I've created you to be a vessel of my glory. That's God's purpose for your life. We need to start seeking him so that he can fulfill that. Amen. We're closing this service. But as I always say, we never close God's presence. David said, one thing have I desired. Psalm 69, he it's just an awesome psalm. I, I encourage you to read the whole thing. It's in a time when he's under pressure, being, being, being threatened. But he still has that one thing. I still have a passion and a zeal for your house. Hundreds of years they've been in Canaan now in the promised land. And the Ark of the Covenant is still in a tent. They've been there hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Almost 400 and something years. And God had no house. David became passionate. One thing have I desired of you. I'm asking you today, church, what is your one thing? What, what is it you want God to do? I'm challenging you because I absolutely believe God can do it. Not can do it, he will do it. When we seek him diligently. These altars are open. We're going to close this service. I'm not normally long-winded. But I want you to know that God wants you to have a focus. You need to, to start with one focus. You need to have a goal that you want God to, to, to do. And, it's, and it should be really all come from being like him truly. So that he can truly fulfill his goal of putting his glory in your life. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I've created you. That's what he said. I've created you for my glory. That's why you were created. You were created for his glory. Bible says when we see him we shall be like we shall be like him because we when we see him we shall see him as he is we're going to be like him glorified glorified hallelujah closing this service if anyone wants prayer you come forward amen but you all even if you don't come forward I want you to meditate upon this you need to get a purpose don't just drift Decide, Lord, what is my purpose? Why did you save me? Why did you fill me? What can I be doing in your service? Hallelujah. If we could bow our hearts. Father, we come to you this afternoon, Lord Jesus, with the one purpose, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that we be like you, that we can be vessels of honor, that you can fill us with your glory, that we can be used in whatever gifting you have placed upon our lives. 
Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Help us not to be just drifters. Oh, God, but to seek you with diligence, Lord God. Oh, God, that we will have a passion, that we will be eaten up with the zeal of your house. Lord God, to know you more and more, Lord God, to be closer to you more and more, Lord God, that this world, hallelujah, will be further from us. Lord, we thank you right now, Jesus. Lord, for those in this congregation, Lord God, who are seeking your purpose, who are seeking your will. Lord, I pray you give them that one thing right now, Lord God, that you fulfill it in their lives, Lord God, that you give them a testimony of victory, of deliverance, of healing, of a touch. Hallelujah. We thank you.